The Holy Spirit continues to set hearts on fire with the love of Christ and inspire people to bring the good news to a world that is aching to hear it. Welcome to Blazing the Trail, a weekly show dedicated to the church's mission of evangelization. Now, here's your guide on this grand adventure, Catholic singer, songwriter, author, and speaker, Miriam Marston. Welcome back to Blazing the Trail. My name is Miriam Marston, and it's a privilege to be with you each week on this program here on Mater Dei Radio. It's our hope that this show does its own small part to inspire you to respond to the movement of God's grace in your own life and to carry the banner of faith into the world, wherever you might be. So if you caught last week's episode, you'll know that for just these two weeks, we're doing something a little different and incorporating some more scriptural reflection and even a bit of music to help us reflect on the evangelizing mission of the church, uh, looking at it through the lens of the Christmas season and the beautiful mysteries we celebrate at this time. So last week, we we stepped into the story of the shepherds in Bethlehem, and we pondered what it might have been like to encounter the angels on that Christmas night, to hear the glorious news of the Savior's birth. Now this time, we're going to turn our attention to another familiar story of the season, the arrival of the three wise men, the Magi, who followed the star which led them to the Christ child. And this extraordinary moment is celebrated in the church on the Feast of the Epiphany, traditionally on January the 6th. Now, I don't know about you, but I grew up with images of the Magi being very well-dressed elderly men on camels, looking rather stoic and purposeful. And last year, I stumbled onto what became my favorite visual depiction of the Nativity story. And it presented the Magi a little differently. They were dressed more simply, more like travelers dressed for the road and not so much for a lovely party. (laughs) And in this particular depiction, when they saw the child Jesus, there was a profound sense almost of of vulnerability as they shed tears of joy-filled reverence. But before we go much further, let's go ahead and read the story from the Gospel of Matthew. And then I'm going to share a song I wrote some years back as I reflected on this passage and tried to imagine what it might have been like to be a member of that little company and to embark on this strange journey to find a king. And through the rest of this episode, I'm also going to draw from a series of homilies that Pope Benedict XVI gave throughout his pontificate on the theme of the Epiphany. I found his words really hit the mark when it came to connecting the story of the Star and the Wise Men to the Church's missionary identity. And so we turn the page to Matthew's Gospel, Chapter 2. When Jesus was born in Bethlehem of Judea in the days of King Herod, behold, Magi from the east arrived in Jerusalem, saying, Where is the newborn king of the Jews? We saw his star at its rising and have come to do him homage. When King Herod heard this, he was greatly troubled, and all Jerusalem with him. Assembling all the chief priests and the scribes of the people, he inquired of them where the Messiah was to be born. They said to him, In Bethlehem of Judea, for thus it has been written through the prophet, And you, Bethlehem, land of Judah, are by no means least among the rulers of Judah, since from you shall come a ruler who is to shepherd my people Israel. Then Herod called the Magi secretly and ascertained from them the time of the star's appearance. 
He sent them to Bethlehem and said, Go and search diligently for the child. When you have found him, bring me word that I too may go and do him homage. After their audience with the king, they set out. And behold, the star that they had seen at its rising preceded them until it came and stopped over the place where the child was. They were overjoyed at seeing the star, and on entering the house, they saw the child with Mary, his mother. They prostrated themselves and did him homage. Then they opened their treasures and offered him gifts of gold, frankincense, and myrrh. And having been warned in a dream not to return to Herod, they departed for their country by another way.
In his book, Mere Christianity, C.S. Lewis wrote, This world is a great sculptor's shop. We are the statues, and there's a rumor going around the shop that some of us are someday going to come to life. That line has always stood out to me. I, I read it at a time when I was really wondering if I was made of something more than just cold marble, left to occupy a random spot in the world until the passing of the years turned me to dust. So I could relate to Lewis's imagery here about being a statue waiting to come to life. But what about this talk of rumors and speculation? Now, at this very moment, there are plenty of rumors going around. Some of them are just nonsensical, born out of idleness or, or carelessness. They used to fill pages of magazines you'd find at the checkout in the store. Now we hear rumors through our social media feeds. Other rumors are downright callous. Their stories spread with the sole aim of tearing down a person's reputation. Without a doubt, the rumor mill is one of the devil's favorite means to ensnare human souls. It's, it's where the truth gets sliced into tiny pieces and then carelessly stitched back together, leaving us with little more than an oddly shaped version of the real story. But out there, swirling in that sea of rumors, are those reports that rise above the others as hopeful signs illuminating the way forward. And this was the spirit I wanted to capture in the song we just played. The Magi received word that something happened in a far-off place, and they needed to explore this stunning development for themselves. I think our collective imagination has always been captivated by this story of a few men who were so mesmerized by this star of wonder, star of night, that they set out to follow it as far as it would lead them. They followed it with such loyalty, even as it led them to the middle of nowhere, which, as it turns out, happened to be the center of everywhere. They bowed down before the Lord, strangers though they were to both land and faith, and offered a few well-noted gifts. And then they returned home, with little to show except the realization that the world was on the brink of something new and extraordinary something that had nothing to do with whether or not they could box it up and bring it home with them. Wise men, indeed. We mustn't hesitate to return again and again to this moment in salvation history, and not just at Christmas time, but all year long. Because there might come a time when, for one reason or another, our faith falters and our strength wanes. And should that occur, I hope that we're prepared to turn our minds to this Christmas scene, where once again we allow ourselves to be moved by the song of the angels who want to draw us into their perpetual adoration of the Lord. Their music echoes through the world with the force of a hurricane, yet with the gentleness of a lullaby, which requires us to listen with a child's ear so that we may better hear this melodic invitation to come before the wonder counselor as we hear in Isaiah. Pope Benedict XVI remarks, How striking is the symbol of the star that recurs in all the images of Christmas and Epiphany. It still gives rise to deep feelings, although, as with so many other sacred signs, it risks becoming commonplace because of its commercial overuse. Restored to its original context, the star we contemplate over the crib also speaks to the mind and heart of the man of the third millennium, 
It speaks to secularized man, awakening in him the nostalgia of his condition as pilgrim in search of the truth with a deep desire for the absolute. Friends, as we approach the end of this challenging year, I can't help but think of those who might be running low on wonder, a bit low on adoration, but they're being filled up with the spirit rather of resignation. How many have lost sight of the star? How many, to quote Pope Benedict, have forgotten their condition as pilgrim in search of the truth? Because that's what this whole earthly life is about a journey towards the truth of Christ who offers us eternal beatitude. Pope Benedict then expands on this theme of pilgrimage in the story of the Magi. He writes how we are shown the Magi in a state of pilgrimage, that is, in a movement of seeking, often somewhat confused, whose point of arrival, in short, is Christ, even if the star is sometimes hidden. At the same time, the epiphany shows to us God who in turn is on pilgrimage, a pilgrimage to man. There is not only the pilgrimage of man towards God, God himself has set out towards us. Who is Jesus, in fact, if not God who has, so to speak, come out of himself to meet humanity? It was out of love that he made himself history in our history out of love that he came to bring us the seed of new life and sow it in the furrows of our earth so that it might sprout, flower, and bear fruit. Friends, we we speak often of following the star, but Benedict here helps to turn it around a bit. What if the star is following us? Isn't the Lord always knocking at the door of our hearts, waiting for us to let him in? Doesn't he pursue us trying to get our attention when we enjoy the stunning beauty of creation? His grace is in the very air we breathe, but it never imposes itself, though it is ready to enter at a moment's notice into that heart which opens even if it's only just a crack, an inch, a centimeter. Often, that's all it takes for the Holy Spirit to bring our defenses down. It's that powerful. If I might share a memory of my own from my first visit to the city of Rome about seven years ago. So it was my first time at St. Peter's, and I had just prayed before the tomb of Pope St. John Paul II, and I was in the Adoration Chapel, just having a quiet moment. Nothing earth-shattering was happening. It was just really a nice moment of prayer, and I was simply grateful to be in this beautiful basilica at last, after hearing so many stories about it and having seen so many pictures when all of a sudden the silence of my interior prayer was interrupted and I heard the word shine. It seems strange to say, but it was as though the word was reverberating in my heart. I wondered, had I just received a word from God? And just as I was asking myself if this could really be the Holy Spirit speaking quite directly in my prayer and not just the results of the synapses in my brain doing their thing, A woman sat down in the pew right in front of me, and the words on the back of her shirt were, You are a shining star. It was as if to confirm what I just heard in prayer, the call to shine, to radiate light. This is our call, friends, to shine, to participate, as it were, in the splendor of that Christmas star, drawing others to Christ. 
I left St. Peter's Basilica that day with a growing sense of mission. Something had changed course. And it's this change of course that I want to talk about next, since just because we don't hear about what happened to the Magi after they left the Holy Land, we shouldn't presume that their pilgrimage had ended. Pope Benedict reminds us that there's actually a hint in Scripture that a new journey had only just begun. The wise men, Benedict writes, show us how this immersion in contemplation of the mystery does not stop us from journeying on. Indeed, it compels us to start out afresh on a new stage of the journey on which we become proclaimers and heralds. They return to their own country by a different way. The wise men were, in a sense, the first missionaries. Their encounter with Christ did not keep them in Bethlehem, but made them set out anew on the paths of the world. We need to set out anew from Christ and, in so doing, to set out anew from the Trinity. I love how Pope Benedict here takes us beyond the logistical and geographical dimension of the Magi's travels, and he illustrates the change in spiritual navigation. Christ, in a sense, rewrites the map of our lives when we come to discover him in a new way. Benedict continues, The event that Matthew narrates is not a brief and negligible episode that closes with the Magi hastening back to their own lands. On the contrary, it is the beginning. Those figures who came from the East were not the last, but the first of a great procession of those who, throughout history, are able to recognize the message of the star, who know how to walk on the paths indicated by sacred scripture. Thus, they also know how to find the one who seems weak and fragile, but instead has the power to grant the greatest and most profound joy to the heart of man. In him, indeed, is made manifest the stupendous reality that God knows us and is close to us, that his greatness and power are not expressed to the, according to the world's logic, but to the logic of a helpless baby whose strength is only that of the love which he entrusts to us. In the journey of history, there are always people who are enlightened by the light of the star who find the way and reach him. They all live, each in his or her own way, the experience of the Magi. So, my friends, we arrive at another essential theme. Not only is the pilgrimage not over, but it's also not just about us. We discover in the Feast of the Epiphany the missionary dimension of the Church, who is called to carry forth the light of Christ into the world. To let Pope Benedict explain it, in the mystery of Christmas, Christ's light shines on the earth, spreading, as it were, in concentric circles. First of all, it shines on the holy family of Nazareth. The light of the Redeemer is then manifested to the shepherds of Bethlehem, who, informed by an angel, hasten immediately to the grotto and find there the sign that had been foretold to them. Finally, Christ's brightness shines out, reaching the Magi who are the first fruits of the pagan peoples. In the mystery of the Epiphany, therefore, alongside an expanding outward movement, a movement of attraction toward the center, is expressed which brings to completion the movement already written in the Old Covenant. The source of this dynamism is God, one in three persons, who draws all things and all people to himself. 
friends, if we are to be part of this expanding outward movement, as Pope Benedict calls it, we must also ask for the gift of humility. After all, we see the star and are led by it, but we aren't the ones who put it in the sky in the first place. To return to Pope Benedict, we need to have authentic humility, which is able to submit to what is greater, but also authentic courage, which leads to belief in what is truly great, even if it is manifested in a helpless baby. We must have the evangelical capacity to be children at heart, to feel wonder, and to emerge from themselves in order to follow the path indicated by the star, the path of God. Let us ask him to give us a heart that is wise and innocent, that allows us to see the star of his mercy, to proceed along his way in order to find him and be flooded with the great light and true joy that he brought to this world. Friends, this light is not just pretty to look at. We are speaking here of the foundation on which we build our very lives. We know that you can't build something on ordinary light. That's not how the science really works. But when we speak of the light of the world, we are talking about the fullness we have all received grace upon grace as we hear in the Gospel of John. We cannot rush through those three words. It's not enough to hastily consider the tremendous hope enclosed in those four syllables, grace upon grace. Imagine telling a five-year-old that she was going to wake up to Christmas morning every day. How could she not squeal with delight at the prospect of coming down the stairs each morning to find a pile of presents under the tree? This is what the Lord offers us. Daily bread, daily mercy, daily chances to meet him, love him, and share the good news about him. I want to close with this final reflection from Pope Benedict XVI, who ties it all together here as he writes, There has been much discussion over what kind of star it was that the wise men were following. Some suggest a planetary constellation, or a supernova, that is to say one of those stars that is initially quite weak, in which an inner explosion releases a brilliant light for a certain time, or a comet, etc., This debate we may leave to the experts. The great star, the true supernova that leads us on, is Christ himself. He is, as it were, the explosion of God's love which causes the great white light of his heart to shine upon the world. And, we may add, the wise men from the East, like all the saints, have themselves gradually become constellations of God that mark out the path. In all these people, being touched by God's word has, as it were, released an explosion of light, through which God's radiance shines upon our world and shows us the path. The saints are stars of God, by whom we let ourselves be led to him for whom our whole being longs. So let us pray to all the saints at this hour, asking them that you may always live up to this mission you have received to show God's light to mankind. My friends, my prayer for you all this week is that you catch a glimpse of the star and let it change the course of your own pilgrimage. It might be a dramatic change, and it might be something more gentle, noticed only by yourself and maybe a few others. No matter the scope of the change, it all gives glory back to God. Thank you so much for spending this time with me today as we reflect on how the Christmas season can strengthen our sense of mission to share Christ with others. 
Please join me next time as we continue to hear stories of what the Holy Spirit is doing in our world today. Until then, stay well and stay close to Christ. God bless you all. You've been listening to Blazing the Trail, a weekly show dedicated to the church's mission of evangelization. For more information on Miriam Marston and her work, plus an archive of our past shows, visit us online at matradayradio.com or download the Hail Mary Media app. Blazing the Trail is produced at the studios of Matraday Radio in Portland, Oregon.